Listen, I say listen. It's the voice of someone shouting. Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and the hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all, all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. O Zion, messengers of good news, shout from the mountaintop. Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout it and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. So Satan comes and tries to take the word out of your heart, the word of God. If he is successful, he gets your joy because joy is a product of something that was spoken by God. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength, when you lose your joy, you become weak, you become helpless, unable to overcome. You become an open target for Satan's attacks. So remember what Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is your strength, Nehemiah 8, verse 10. God's word produces joy, and joy produces strength. So here we are in the book of John 16, 22. And you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, says the Lord, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man can take away from you. We have seen that if no man can take your joy, neither can Satan. He does not have the legal right to do that unless you give him that right. So let's fill our cups with joy as we feast on the Word of God. You are listening to the Gospel Trail. I left. I left, left my his, passion. He left his. He left his passion here. Oh, so what did you do without your passion all week? Um, without passion, it's pretty boring. Without passion, yeah, that's what I like uh, when Jesus asked Peter, "Do you passionately love me more than these?" Yeah, it's a. It's a great end. To the book of John. It is fabulous. I loved it. What? What? We're done? There, there's got to be I don't more. Know what that was for? There's got to be more. <laughs> there's got to be more. Sandy, do you want to open in prayer? I've got a closing prayer. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd be glad to. <clears throat> Father God, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We come to you knowing that you are with us. I'm just letting that sink in. Thank you, Father God, for your son, Jesus. Thank you for his example. Thank you for his love. Thank you for his uh, direction and his leading. Thank you for the life and the salvation that he gives each one of us. And Lord, I just pray that as the listeners uh, tune in, that they would feel your presence, that they would learn from you this day, and that they would, uh, they would walk deeper with you as a result of that. Because you're everything. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to cry. Lord, you are everything. Everything that matters in my life, everything that matters in life, you are. Uh, we pray uh, other times is that Father God is, he is 
He is dot, dot, dot. He is everything. So we invite you um, for this uh, wonderful uh, sharing that we're going to have uh, about the book of John, the last chapter in the book. Not the last chapter in your book, because uh, we will be continuing on, because uh, we know, Lord, that you want us to be involved with this. We want to uh, expand your word, Lord, and expand your life to everyone that's hearing today. So we thank you for this time, Lord. Lead and guide. Have your way with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I hear, I hear someone knocking. <laughs> Is that you, Grover? <laughs> Welcome. I still hear knocking. Huh. <laughs> Come on in. I stand at the door and knock. That's right. Well, I guess we're we're kind of sitting, but <laughs> knocking is knocking is seeking. That's right. That's what we do. As we just just did, we want to enter His courts with thanksgiving, Amen, and and praise. Mm -hmm. Yes, praise you, Lord. Yes, um, as I was spending time, we uh, as after I read uh, commentaries and read uh, chapter twenty-one, the word that came to me was love. Surprise, guys. Uh, that's what came to me as I as I as I read, and of course with acronyms, it's like okay. What about love? And uh, I came up with several. Um, the Lord offers or orders valuable examples, uh, valuable experiences, valuable encouragement. He offers excitement and offers energy. And, uh, and I, you know, I, for me, I have to just let that sink in because when I spend time with him, it's like I'm connected and it's like, yes. And he's telling me, this is where I want you to be. This is where I want you to remain because I love you and I want to have that intimate relationship with you. Um, and that, um, that being said, um, I, uh, I had my fourth or fifth meeting at the jail. I have a ministry at the jail. And, uh, and it's been a hard time. Uh, there's been some real difficulties there because uh, um, the enemy will send messengers to discourage me or to uh, harass me or do those kind of things. So so I did uh, what I needed to do is I asked people to pray for me uh, for that time uh, because I was going to set boundaries and talk about things. Long story short, one of the guys where I said uh, I, I was really hurt because uh, he had said uh, um, he compared Jesus to a fungus. I was doing that. Uh, John 15, abiding in the vine. And he says, well, I look at the vine as not being Jesus, but a fungus. A fungus. A fungus. You know, I says. On the vine? Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I told him, I says, that really hurt me. And there's, it hurt the Lord. There's a fungus among us. Yeah. And get, just wait till you hear this. He said, uh, he said, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. And I would ask you to forgive me for hmm. that. And it's like, thank you, Lord. And that, uh, so the whole, the whole atmosphere changed in the Bible study, which I told them, that's what we're doing. We're doing a Bible study. And I want you to, to know about uh, who Father God is and who uh, his son is. And so that we can live an abundant life. So that's a praise report. 
you know, we will offer his, uh, we will come into his presence with singing and, and into his courts with praise. So that's a praise report. Uh, people had been praying. And uh, I mean, that's, I mean, that's about as 180 degrees as you could that's right. Believe it, because it was yeah transformation. It was really, really difficult. Where I just said, you know, it's like, Lord, you know, um, uh, uh, give me the strength, give me the power to resist all this that's coming at me. So prayer is powerful. Hello, that's right. You know, um, so I wanted to share that because it's a praise report. God that, is faithful. That is. God is faithful, and I, I'm not going to make this, guys. Yeah, I'm not going to make it, guys. And you opened up. Um, talking about love, but mm-hmm. the prayer is, I ask God for strength, and God gave me difficulties. I ask God for wisdom, and God gave me problems to solve. Wow, yes. God gave <laughs> me, or I ask for courage, and then God gave me dangers to overcome. And then I ask God for love, and he sent me troubled people to help. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah, let that sink in, guys. Let that sink in. And everyone, yeah. everyone out there listening. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've asked. Uh, yeah, I've heard. I've heard people say, uh, or ministers, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, it'd be okay if it wasn't for all the people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's what uh, God. If you ask God for love, and you are a minister, yeah. specifically, mm-hmm. He will send you troubled people mm-hmm. to help. Yeah, and that's what I was telling uh, telling people too. Is that uh, um, being a Christian means uh, Jesus says, and you will be persecuted. That's right. We're all, we're all troubled people. We're, yeah, we're the bottom line. That's right. We're all troubled. Yeah, we're and, all troubled people. Right, and we fail to measure up. But He says, right. Who does it, He say it's, I it's, am? Who does God define you as? That's right. You know, I don't right. let people define you. I, hope I mean, I, they I, don't have the authority or the right. To define you. Yes. My de- my definition of my being myself comes right from God. Mm-hmm. Just read it in the Bible. Yep. Find I'm, out. Yep. I am a child of God. I am that's fully right. acceptable. That's right. I am in the apple of his eye. I am. And that's what love. he said, I am. That's I right. mean, look at that. You're using your father's words right there. Yeah. I am a child of God. That's right. Wow. Anyway, your prayers are answered. <laughs> They sent you some troubled people. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like when, when he said, because Jesus suffered. I mean, we cannot imagine what he suffered, you know, because he suffered. And he says, you will suffer in my name also. But as you were saying, Kevin, uh, when you were just talking there, is that we are allowed to suffer or participate in that suffering because we are Christians so that we can help other people who are suffering going through the same things. And that's what it's all about. We come alongside people as he came alongside us. And you think that's why uh, Jesus, it always, I think we're uh, we're answering my question here, uh, you know, um, about Peter's discouragement in this chapter. Oh, yeah. You know, that uh, perhaps it was Peter's discouragement that prevented him from recognizing the voice of the master. Hmm. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So if we we remain discouraged, I mean, it's like a it's like a one way street. How do we get out of that? We if if we can't recognize the mo- voice of the master, and he's also, uh, yeah, Peter's name was Simon. That's Hebrew for uh, he who hears. Mm-hmm. And uh, God was just trying to uh, 
help him live up to his name. Mm-hmm. Have him here once Def- again, be it, restored. Right, and define him, not yeah. not as what whatever issues Peter had that he didn't think he was worthy, if he didn't think he lived up, if he thinks he kept screwing up. You know, he is a child of God, and God defined him as he who hears. That's right. That's why, that's why Peter said, that's why he said, let's go out fishing. You know, going back to his That's old right. lifestyle. That's right. Because he knew that, and he knew he was comfortable with that. But guess what happens? What happens when he goes out fishing with the rest of the disciples who were supposed to wait in Jerusalem? Oh, yeah. They were told to to stay in Jerusalem. But guess what? So the seven of them go fishing, and they fish all night. And what what happens? Don, what Nothing happens? Nothing happens. Yeah. What, Nothing happened. What do you think that is? Well, too many, too many in the boat. I mean, our hearing <laughs> his voice is hindered when we are confused, afraid, or filled with doubt. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure a bunch of, uh, I don't know, alpha males in a boat <laughs> all giving directions of how to fish. You haven't been <laughs> fishing for a while, so this is how you do it. And, uh, yeah, and, and they, they, were, they weren't hearing God. And they knew how to fish. So who was the first one? Well, then I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to talk about that yet. John, you mean? Yeah, so what happens? So what happens? They come back discouraged. Oh, hello. Yeah. Discouraged. Well, right. were they being obedient? Well, there's that there's <laughs> that word discouraged that we talked about earlier. Exactly. Um, if if you're stuck in that position, um you're not letting God define you. You're not uh, mm-hmm. hearing God. So what does God do? What does he do? He takes that away. Well, he shows up. He shows up. And he says, shows up. I know. And just just how personal is that? It's like you showed up here and you say, uh, what's for lunch? <laughs> I mean, that's that's a personal relationship there where you can walk into somebody's house and, uh, you know, pull the beef jerky out from yeah. the bottom drawer. Yeah. The, the, that's the most intimate kind of relationship. That's... That's the relationship that Jesus wants with each one of us. I think that was his message. I mean, he shows up and says, uh, what's for lunch? I mean, they're fishermen. Like, duh, what's for lunch? Yeah, well, how'd it go last night? How'd it go last night? Right, right. (laughs) He knew. They they, they didn't have uh, big nets full of fish. No, no. So what what do they say? No. Yeah, what'd you catch? No, uh, nothing. Well, well why, Not don't, why, why, why don't we uh, just settle down, listen to God, and try it his way? And so what does is, what is Jesus tell him to do? Oh, yeah. I, I like this is a nautical it, term. This is a, it's a nautical term. Fish on. What? The starboard side. The right that's, side. Of the that's boat. what it said. The starboard side. I noticed that this uh, morning. <laughs> yeah, being it's being, the starboard side. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I was thinking, yeah, that is a nautical term, and yeah. you brought it back to memory. And the and which is the right side. Right. It, it, Does that mean yeah. correct side? Well, in 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 English, it means a lot to us because that's yeah. a word we know. I mean, right. We're not good at all that Greek. Yeah. And Hebrew, not being either one. So they were smart enough to listen to this person that yeah. was on shore. Yeah. So what do they do? Cast your net on the other side. Yeah. And so and, what happens? Well, I mean, yeah, the right side, you know, the waves blew up and the bow blew down. Yeah. And uh, they were almost tipping with the uh, fish trying to pull them in, which is pretty good. They had all those people in the boat. 
I mean, if it was Peter alone, he couldn't do it by himself. He needs other right. help. Yeah, they figured. Yeah, he they need, figured it was help. like three hundred and fifty-three fish. They figured it was like three hundred pounds of fish. Wow! So he jumps out of the boat. Right, Peter. That's that's Peter. Peter. That's right. Peter jumped out of the boat and walked on water. I mean, you you just think about, and this is the man well, that was, and that's and that's love speaking to yeah. the, into their lives. You know, love. Ask God for love, and He'll send troubled people to help. I mean, they were all troubled. Where is God gone? I yeah, mean, where is where, he? Or where is Jesus gone? Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we did see him walk through the wall and do all these tricks, but. We're on our own, buddy. Yeah. What do we do now? And so they go back to, and this is what we do uh, as Christians walking too. It's like, okay, when we don't know what to do, we go back to old habits and old patterns. That's right. That's and, right. And, and, That's and, right. And, and then Jesus says, how's that working for you? Yeah. I like, I yeah. Mean, I like that. That's a counseling term. How is that working for you? I know. It's not working. I know. I mean... Since the day you first told me that term, I can't uh, go a day without listening to it. I mean, it, it just prompts that uh, yeah, that God moment in me. That, That's right, uh, and, and we realize that we need Him. I need to make all a, the time. Need to make a course correction. I mean, that is a that is the uh, trigger for the course correction when God says, "How's that working for you?" That's right. Or my my friend comes in the room and says. Uh, What's up? You know, and then I, I pour out all my heart yeah. and say this and that and the other thing. And uh, what's the answer? How's that working for you? Yeah. What a blessing. Catch any fish? Yeah. What a blessing that is, though, Kevin. It is a blessing, though. I mean, it's yeah. necessary. You know, you ask God for love. He sends troubled people, mm-hmm. which we all are. And that's why everyone and everyone that's listening to is realize we need each other. We need God first. We need Jesus in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit. That's right. But we need each other to love us and encourage us and to give us course uh, course changes, too. And, and help each other realize that God is the one who defines you. That's right. I'm. That's it. That's the message for today. Nothing, nothing added, nothing taken away. That's right. He um, alone defines us. Yep. Who do you say that Not, I am? Yeah, who do you say that I am? That was one of our past studies in John. That's right. Yeah, who do you say I am? You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. That's right. Wow. I'm I'm getting excited here. Yep. He didn't ask what do others think. Yeah. (laughs) I mean I mean that's that's some of the noise that we talked about last week that get that noise out of my life, Mm -hmm. you know, or or Lord, at least let me let me hide under your wings. I mean Protect me from that. Protect me from the noise of this world. And protect me from the question, who do they say you are? Mm-hmm. Because I know that I am and you are. So where did these fish come from that Jesus is cooking? Yeah, because when they get to shore, well, he was he's, already, got, he's got it all. He's, he's got the food ready for him. They do all the work and uh, evidently he did something ahead of time. You mean he goes yeah. ahead of us? Is That's that right. Really? He, Come on. Do you stop at Stokey's on the meat store on the way in? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I, I hope the listeners are enjoying this he, as much as we well, are. Well, yeah, Sandy brought muffins. I don't know. He stopped on the way here. <laughs> I think Jesus just called the fish. He said, Bill, hey, get over here. Yeah. Sue, hey, you get over here. 
I think he just called the fish out and they yeah. answered their master's voice. Yep. He said, That's come right. on, school. Come on, school is over here. It's they on the got, right side of the boat. Yeah, they got schooled all right there, lunch. <laughs> <laughs> But that's you know, and and, and just just this, that just goes along with the verses like uh, we are to be a servant of all. He came and when he washed the disciples' feet, so here he's preparing breakfast for them. You know, they're yeah. tired, they're discouraged, and uh, and he shows up and he says, "I never left you. I'm here. I'm here. I'm appearing to you again. That's Do right. you recognize me? And who was the first one that recognized him? Now well, we're to well, that point. Yeah, not well, John, of course. Yeah." It, the John, the one Jesus loved, as that's, it states in the Bible. That's right. Well, he he loved them all, but again, love. If you ask for love, um, God sends troubled people to help. Mm-hmm. So John must not have been any different than the others. And think in ab- that that he needed help. Yeah, yeah. Think about that because he is providing the help for the rest of the disciples. He says, "That's Jesus." You know, Jesus right. says, my sheep will know my voice. They will know my voice. And he was in that close, intimate relationship that he was the first one to recognize that that was Jesus on shore. Oh, yeah. So hello, Grover. You made it. Hello, everybody. Hey, Grover. How's everyone doing? Sounds like y'all got and y'all got it under control today. Um, no, it's just one of those things that happened. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so which what which one which boat were you in <laughs> this week? Uh, <laughs> yeah, which, uh, the which... one that was uh, the morning, uh, the morning of the one that was filled with blessings. Awesome, awesome. So you're fishing on the right side of the boat. The yeah, the starboard. Yes, starboard. That's right. That's the right side. What's the What's the, the other one's port? Port, yeah. Which denotes um, that's where they park it. It's not moving anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on the port huh. side. I want to be on the starboard side. Yeah, he wants us to be moving. The, the windward side. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's moving the boat as opposed to, uh, and I hate to say it, but I don't want to be on the leeward side. But God, God uh, provides the sails and the power to push it. I'd like to take a moment here and uh, tell you about Jesus, only I won't be doing the telling. Um, it's coming from a song written by Ann Wilson. Their family went under a great time of, of uh, sorrow and troubles. The troubles was, uh, or the sorrow was, um, Ann's brother uh, died in an accident one evening, and the police had to come to their house and tell the parents that... Uh, your son died in a bad car accident. So Anne, her sister, her mother and father um, just sat in the living room and wept. Out of that experience, this uh, song came, and I often wonder why and how people respond to uh, Jesus and God as far as worship. I mean, worship is not a favorite song or a favorite hymn. But worship comes, and I would say, from a skilled musician that would connect your heart to God's heart with the words given them by the Holy Spirit. And this is uh, nothing new in the Bible. Saul called for a, said a uh, skilled musician, 
and that skilled musician was David, and he would come, it would calm Saul's soul. He was troubled by whatever and uh, had burdens. And somehow he knew that when this man of God came and sang and played music, that those burdens would just be lifted, lifted and gone away as if he was sitting in the presence of God. And that's what I ask you to do today is don't wait for another 9-11 to happen or a near-death experience or a, a death in the family, which uh, there couldn't be anything worse than that happening. Don't wait for that before you run to God. You can be in that worship condition 24 hours a day. David was. He worked. I mean, he had his trials and troubles, but he turned to God and sang and danced before his God, and there he found comfort. So let Maddie and Liz singing Ann Wilson's song, Let Me Tell You About Jesus, and listen to the words. Listen to the words. Put your heart in the hands of the Holy Spirit and let him lift it up to the presence of God. As you listen to the words, are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Because shame has done all its stealing, and you're desperate for some healing. Come on, let me tell you about Jesus.
So we're going to talk about Peter. Peter. Peter by the fire and Jesus questioning him. You got some comments there, Grover or Don? Because there's, you know, there's comparisons being by the fire as Jesus is uh, cooking and stuff. That's right. Because what did Peter do? That's where all the heart-to-heart -heart talks come um, around the uh, campfire. By the fire, being in the fire. You know, I ran into a uh, commentator who made a, a statement about this that I had not heard before. Um, it was Craig Keener, who is a seminary professor, mm. and he said that we make too much of the diff of the differences in the words about love. Mm. And he says this is a rhetorical device that he simply varies the words in sort of a random way. Um, he's not really trying to make a point. He's simply trying to not use the same Greek word over and over. Um, I, I don't know how you can prove that, but it's an interesting idea. On the other hand, I have heard so many sermons where they took the words for love and, and looked at that and made that sort of central to the whole passage. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, I think we ought to look at the words and, and see how the words vary, but also keep in mind, yeah, maybe it is just uh, just a variation. Like we try not to say the same word five times in the same sentence. We use a synonym usually somewhere along the way. Right. I, I brought up the fire. No, yeah, go on. Go ahead. I, I brought up the fire because uh, uh, when Jesus said, Peter, you'll deny me three times before this night is over, and he goes... Uh, because it's cold, and he goes by the fire, you know, and then uh, people ask, you're one of them, aren't you? You're one of his, and he denies them. Mm. And so he's by the th fire three different times to warm oh, himself. Boy. Huh. And oh, then, boy. you know, because I, I, I was reading these commentaries and stuff, it's like, that's exactly what Jesus does when he has his fireside chat with Peter that, around all the other disciples. That puts a new light on putting your feet to the fire. <laughs> you, I mean, I can see, I can see it coming. <laughs> I'm That's glad good. we're, I'm glad we're inside and uh, not at the uh, fire ring out back. Yeah. Well, it'd be wet out in that fire ring. It's wet. Did it ever pour this morning? I yeah. thought the roof was going to come crashing in on me. Oh. It was just pounding so hard this morning for a period of time. So, Don, did you want to speak about the different types of uh, love that uh, the Greek words and what they used? Or, uh, to, well, do we need to go there? The, the, yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's well-known territory, but there may be some listeners that haven't bumped into it. Mm -hmm. But I think the uh, Passion Translation really brings that out, where you have the burning love that Jesus asks about and Peter answers with great affection. The great affection would be phileo, which is the kind of love you have for a friend. From and it's the root of the word Philadelphia. Although mm -hmm. Philadelphia may not be known for that much love, I don't know. Yeah, um, the city, anyway, the city yeah. of brotherly love, not so much anymore. Yeah, yeah. But burning with love versus great affection—that's the distinction that's drawn here. Like by our Passion Translation. But I like the response that Jesus has here, then take care of my lambs. And that may be more significant than the specific Greek words being used here, because 
Jesus starts out, will you take care of my lambs? And then the second time that Peter responds, he says, well, will you take care of my sheep? And the third time, I think he uses uh, little lambs or something like that. Now I can't find it. Oh, will you feed my lambs? So right. it goes back to lambs. And what does that mean? If Jesus starts out by saying, take care of my lambs and then goes to sheep, well, taking care of sheep would be maybe a little bit more responsibility. And yet maybe older sheep are a little bit more able to care for themselves because they've got some experience. And then Jesus says, we'll take care of the, the lambs. Maybe he's asking Peter to consider the weaker ones. And the lambs might be a picture of new disciples, new converts, and that maybe Peter was being called to them, as well as helping the older sheep. Mm -hmm. That's just a thought. Grover, what are your thoughts? Different thoughts are running through my mind. I was picturing beginning when, when that they had worked all night long, the disciples had worked all night long and didn't achieve catching any fish. Then when all the fish that they had the next day, and then when they were sitting around the campfire, they must have had an abundance of questions between them and Jesus, I'm wondering what kind of conversation they were having. Um, I was wondering how Jesus prepared the fish uh, and things of this sort. And then I was also thinking just before, I believe it was Sandy that asked on in regards to the different uh, definitions of the Greek term for love. I believe there are at least five different terms. I was thinking how that in this day and age, so many things have kind of like gotten watered down and the word love is used so broadly where it was more specific back in ancient times. And ultimately the word agape, the word for unconditional love, absolute surrender. Those were some of the thoughts that I was having while I was listening. Songs, when I grew up, All You Need Is Love. Mm -hmm. You know, what were they talking about in that song? It certainly wasn't the love Jesus was describing to the disciples around the fire. Right, and that makes me think of the sophists and the philosophers from some of my studies. And in the public courtyard, they would, from my vague understanding, debate and argue different points and try to make something wrong appear right and something right appear wrong. And that song, and I can't help but thinking about our adversary and the devil and how you can take something so precious and beautiful and they always seem to find a way to kind of like present it in a different manner and kind of uh, darken the, the beauty of what, what the uh, Christian view of, of the, like the word love. Forgive me, uh, uh, working on that trying to get better at my communicational skills. Now that's but how that we're in a war between, and there's some material that are, perhaps there are those that have not heard about it. Uh, it references different things in the old Testament that isn't completely fully outlined. One of those being the spiritual warfare between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. And the war marches on. We're in it every single day of our life. And I conclude with thinking about choose you this day whom you shall serve. Choose between good and evil. Choose between life and death. Choose between blessings. As for me and my household, 
I will serve the Lord all the days of our life. Those are the things that are running through my head right now, keeping focused on Jesus and that campfire delight. That is that is so true, so true. It kind of goes back to the message that we always uh, share about obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. They obeyed. I mean, they fished all night, and they didn't accomplish anything. And I go back to John, where it says in John 15, you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. So once they heard direction from Jesus about what to do, they got abundance. But before that, they were dried up. They got nothing. Right. They had absolutely nothing. So um, obedience is the word. If we obey, and it's so easy not to when he talks to us, and he does yeah. talk to each one of us. Yep, the, the song goes, trust and obey. Trust. Yeah, trust has to come first. Whether, right, and, they, and no they, way. they have to be together, trust yes. and obey. Right. And as Don says, there is no other way. There is no other way. And amazingly, Sandy, <clears throat> as you were referring to, apart from him referring to Jesus, just before you spoke those words, those were my thoughts that apart from him, aside from him, uh, without him, there is nothing that I or anyone can really do. Now, in the true context, I do the things I do, but a lot of the things like, say, fishing all night long and not being able to get a, get a, a capture the fish or catch the fish, uh, until Jesus Jesus spoke, um, without the things that I do, a lot of times really doesn't amount to, as the old saying goes, a hill of beans, <laughs> compared right. to what can be accomplished and achieved with the guidance, directions, and the assistance of Jesus. It's all about Jesus, mm-hmm. and for that I will never apologize. It is all about Him. Amen. Um, I'm glad you spoke. I thought maybe I put you all to sleep. Sorry. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's a dramatic. Oh, Lord. It's a dramatic pause. Yeah, and okay. I, I like where it says in um, and um, verse 18. Then feed my lambs, Peter. Listen, when you were younger, you made your own choices. Hello. Uh oh. That's all of us. Uh oh. And you went wherever mm-hmm. you and you went where you pleased. Mm-hmm. Sounds like each one of us. But one day, when you are old, others will tie you up and escort you where you would not choose to go, and you will spread out your arms. Jesus said this to Peter as a prophecy of what kind of death he would die for the glory of God, and then he said, Peter, follow me. I was just looking at that, and I, I, I realized Peter, follow me is directly the opposite of the freedom to go and do your own thing and find your own choices. But following God is a contrast, and that means even following him to death if necessary, right. which is what the previous verse speaks of, or actually the same verse does. Follow me. Um, submission, I guess, is the right word there. Also, that's an invitation. It's not uh, forced upon anyone. It's an invitation. It wasn't forced upon him. It's an invitation. And then it was up to him to accept or to reject, to choose or not to choose. It's an invitation, mm-hmm. which is available to everyone. 
It also has to do with this, the, what's referenced in the Bible about when I was a child, I thought and spoke as a child. Now that I'm a man, uh, paraphrasing, I speak and I see and think differently. Then, yes, there was a time when we sowed our oats and we did the things that we did until we came into a personal relationship with Jesus. They have a head knowledge. A lot of folks have a head knowledge about the gospel and about Jesus and our Heavenly Father and the Bible. But do they actually have a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior? And that's the key. I can't seem to shake that yeah. question. That's the Pardon key. Me? I was saying that's the key, Lord and Savior. A lot of people want a Savior, but they don't want to make him Lord. Amen. Yes, sir. And just one more thing, if I may, I go back to Sandy uh, referencing and the song by Frank Sinatra, Elvis, and others, I Did It My Way. Yeah. I can't help but sitting here smiling and thinking, well, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> well, there you go. How'd that work out for you? I, I mean, I pray that wasn't the deceased desire, you know, was, yes, to, was to whatever, use that song. But, uh, yeah, how's that working out for you? Well, let's... let's uh, yeah, let's switch gears here really quick. Um, really quick. Yeah, we're not too quick here. The Gospel of John has been awesome. I mean, it's from the from the beginning chapter to the end, and I am sad to see it go. Thank Brother Don for the daily Bible lesson that is still going on throughout the book of John, verse by verse, or selected verses, and uh, just putting a more in-depth, personal um, understanding of the uh, of uh, Jesus and and the disciples through the Gospel of John, more than we could do on a on our uh, talks here. But uh, put together, I think uh, that's that is one awesome study, if uh, you want to call it that. I hate to see it go, but we're going to have to switch to something new next week. Right. And uh, Brother Don's been preparing for some different things, but uh, I think until we decide exactly what is going to happen, that uh, we should, we should, uh, I guess, just follow God's spirit for a couple of weeks here and see what's going on. And my suggestion, and I think it was, it was also um, Brother Don's suggestion at one time, was let's look at the Feast of Trumpets. And see what that really means, because it all all the feasts evidently point to Jesus, and the Feast of Trumpets. Um, there's all kinds of stuff out there. People wrote books, different things, but uh, the Bible verses related to it um, are in there to comfort us of His return. And I think that's where they were when they were on the beach at the end of the Book of John. They wanted or they needed that comfort, that last personal touch, you know, heart-to-heart talk with uh, the creator of the universe that uh, he will return. So, you know, and we think about it, where was the church 2,000 years ago? I mean, we know it was in Jerusalem, in the book of John. It was in the book of Acts is what we see of it. The church was not established, and it was not comfortable you know, and what did the church look like? You know, they were radical, revolutionary, filled with the Spirit, and world-changing. In the end, God is calling His church 
to return to its original state. And I believe that the story of the Feast of Trumpets just points that out. And what is the original state? Radical, revolutionary, filled with the spirit and world-changing. And I, I, I just look at it, how many times do we have to keep going around the mountain? But that's where God has us at this point. There is a day on God's calendar that we know not of what day or what hour. How many times do we look forward to birthdays, holidays, things on our calendar, you know, vacation? We're excited. But how do we feel about his return? Are we excited? That's right. Are we excited? That's what I figured. That's yep. What Are we excited thinking. about his return? So I think that's, uh, you know, just throw a couple verses out there. First Thessalonians 4.16, 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 52, uh, 2 Peter 3, 3 through 10. Um, these are days that are on God's calendar. I think through the, if you want to call it a mystery, but uh, the Feast of Trumpets uh, p portrays just that. And, and Don, can you tell us a little bit about that, that feast from the Jewish point of view or what you've studied? Sure. Well, in the Bible, it's not really well defined. It just says, blow the trumpets. And so as a result, a lot of people just kind of wonder what it's about. And we can go by Jewish tradition. And by Jewish tradition, it's the birthday of the world. It's um, And so consequently, uh, there's a celebrating of what God has created. And you can celebrate the fact that part of creation is uh, that people were created. Uh, so that's one of the things that goes with um, uh, with the new year, and it is a new year. The year, the number of the year is, uh, I think, uh, a bit irrelevant, but it is something that is a little different from the regular calendar that we're used to. But uh, blowing the horns, it's a matter of celebration, although also it's when you enter into warfare, the, uh, the ram's horn is blown. And it is the ram's horn that is blown on on this day. Uh, it's not the silver trumpets that are blown for other reasons. Jesus is actually using it as an analogy in some of his talks, like he often does. You know, take, for instance, the feast, and then they describes the Jewish wedding. And, and what do they do? They, uh, they have uh, the bride is, is uh, basically captured or snatched up. You know, they send some guys over there with a, with a, uh, you know, one of those uh, carrying litters with, you know, and put puts her up on a seat and and brings her to the bridegroom, you know, and they use the, uh, they use the Greek word equivalent of snatched up, you know, at at the final day. So it, some say that that is equivalent to when Jesus returns for his bride, and we are snatched up or or thinking of the uh, rapture rapture that's rapture. right yeah and we use the word rapture because we're english speaking and we don't understand greek and hebrew that well but the picture is there you know that's that's what that's what excites me you know that uh mm. jesus himself talked of this yeah i'm going to tie into what you just said too kevin is that um, this book of john has been actually um more revelatory for me, you know, because it was every week that we had, we learned yep. more about him and his spirit. And he led the 
you know, I, I there's a part of me that hates to to leave that, but I have excitement, and I have the excitement just as you're talking about the, mm-hmm. the piece of trumpets. You know, I have that excitement. We want to encourage the listeners to continue on in this excitement because the Christian life is supposed to be revolutionary. It right. is to be uh, dynamic. It is to be uh, filled with the Spirit and life changing. Yep. That's right. You know, life changing. I mean, that's right. Um, and so we need to stir each other up. We need to encourage and we need to see and look forward to his return. And at the same time, do what he's called us to do. Well, what, what a, more world-changing event could occur than Jesus coming back yes. again? I mean, he did it the first time. Let us not forget he's going to do it again. Yeah. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Yeah. Come. That's and the and his 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 church then will be called radical, revolutionary, and yeah. world changing at That's that right. time. Let's let's go. I like uh, before your yeah. I'm excited before your ending prayer. I wanted to read what uh, how John ends uh, the chapter. He yeah. says, "I John." That's pretty clear. That's right. I want to make it clear and that disciple who has written these things to testify of the truth. How many times have we talked about he is the way, the truth. He is truth. Jesus is truth. And we know that what I've documented is accurate. That's another. Jesus did countless things that I haven't included here. If every one of his works were written down and described one by one, I suppose that the world itself wouldn't have enough room to contain the books that would have to be written. That's, that's yeah. So in... You know, and I would follow that up. I was just, you know, I just felt it in spirit is follow that up. And the works that we will do would fill Mm -hmm. up books, would, you know, the works, the testimonies that we have. Right. The revolutionary church, the impassioned, the fire of flame, the fire in our hearts. That's why Jesus was asking Peter, do you have the fire and the passion in your heart to follow me? And, And that's for every one of us. And just me saying that, I get excited because these studies, uh, listeners, you know, that with the, those telephone numbers to call in because we want you to be excited about your life because Jesus is everything. He is Lord and Savior, and he wants to have that intimate relationship with you. And it's going to be, uh, um, as we step out and be obedient in those things, um, uh, our lives will change, and the lives of people around us will change as we touch them. And the number to call to communicate with our host, leave a message or leave a text, 218-461-0164, 218-461-0164. So, Don, uh, real quick, uh, what the Feast of Trumpets, is that the end of the year, or what? Uh, what what date on our calendar does that start I know it starts on a new moon at around yeah. mid- midnight, but... Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> sorry to put you on the spot. But yeah, it, it, all I know well, is that it starts on the new moon when uh, two witnesses see that crescent just starting to form on the new moon. They'll run to the tabernacle or wherever they gather, and uh, they're witnesses that the new moon has started. And then uh, just to okay. em- emphasize... Um, the new moon has started, and then it was something like 14 days past that that uh, 
the feast would actually start, but they would run up the mountain and start big fires so everybody could see it, but however, everybody was sleeping. Okay, the Feast of Trumpets begins September the 26th this year, Um, and traditionally they celebrate it for two days because there can be uncertainty about when that new moon occurs, because there might be just a little sliver of the moon that some people see and some people don't, and so they celebrate it both days to make sure it's covered one way or the other. Um, but it's scheduled for September the 26th. And All that's right. only this year because every year it changes because it's a different calendar. Well, so, that's awesome. We're scheduling it for September 22 <laughs> to talk about it, get everybody ready for the 26th. Yeah, so all all the listeners dig into that, yeah. about that, and, uh, and call in and share because this is... Uh, uh, this is what we're about. We will dig into it and seek the Lord, and we ask that you do too, and then to uh, uh, just participate, because we'd love to hear from you. Just last night, I learned something new about the holiday, um, and that is that the traditional Jewish custom is to count back 12 days from that day. And what happens is uh, the person thinks about what they did during the last 12 months and they take one day for each month, and they recall the good things and bad things. Wow, and I like they're that. They're sort of assessing their lives for those mm-hmm. 12 days. And once they have gone through that and they've asked God to forgive them for their sins, um, then they're ready for Rosh Hashanah because they have taken care of those sins and uh, they're, they're clean before the Lord. So that's something I didn't realize. There were 12 days that uh, were actually a part of this process of preparation for Rosh Hashanah. Wow. What a great time of reflection and uh, that's right. looking at our lives. I, that's another assignment, all you listeners. Uh, uh, I'm speaking to myself because um, it's valuable to do that. It really is. That is. is, that is. And it's and it's something that something we need to talk about. Uh, Jesus's return. Mm-hmm. Yes, Amen. And yeah. I be, and I believe that's a foreshadow or a, a feast that uh, portrays that. Well, the closing here is out of Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse thirteen through uh, seventeen, and I'll personalize it for you. As for us, we can't help but thank God for you. Dear brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, we are always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation, a salvation that came through the Spirit who makes you holy and through your belief in truth. He called you to salvation when we told you the good news. Now you can share the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. With all these things in mind, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm and keep a strong grip on the teachings that we and the disciples recorded in the Bible has passed to you both in person and by podcast. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us by his grace give us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope, comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. And thanks for listening. I've got to check out what Amen. the Greek word is for podcast. <laughs> well, that's, they don't. They don't have. 
They don't have a lot of words in the Bible that we use uh, in the original, but uh, that's the translation. Yeah, that's your assignment, you Don. Go. That's your assignment, Don. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, blessings to everyone, and blessings to you and the church that meets at your house. Amen. This Thank is you, the Gospel Trail. Pure Gospel Network is an intergenerational, Christ-centered, not-for-profit internet mission church, a network of believers from many different backgrounds who are passionate about reaching out to others. Your Voice in the Wilderness, a church online since 98, now known as pgn.church, operates 100% on your tax-deductible donations.